0: Welcome to a podcast version of the Colin good rant. I'm sly
1: and I'm in isolation spook so again.
0: I think spooks just explained why this one's a podcast and yeah, just but as well, uh, after
1: after two years the uh the spicy cough finally uh finally found me.
0: you did say cough, didn't you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um just to let everyone know though but, uh, I've had um, splinters worse than this, so uh probably safe to move on
0: all right so. Absolutely appalling Friday night, but that's enough about James Brayshaw's commentary. The game itself wasn't very good either. Spook, your yeah, it
1: wasn't. Oh, sorry, you said thoughts. Yeah, I just gave it to you. No, it wasn't. That was um, it. No, I think that's yeah. Um, in terms of disappointing losses this year or, or lack of, of effort, I think nothing will ever top that West Coast game, but this was pretty close.
0: Maybe Um, they all had flu.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, and that may well be the case, but Flyers used um, illness for an excuse two weeks running. I don't think you were going to see it pulled out for a third week. Um, I think, you know, it's pretty much like what we've always spoken about is that um, the harsh reality of where we're at is, is rapidly catching up with us. It was great to have the season start that we did. And, um, you know, we, we joked a little bit about, uh, you know, how exciting all that sort of was, but uh, I think the reality of the situation has come home to, to roost and it's, um, it's not pleasant, is it?
0: Oh, look, I've been saying the whole year we're at bottom 16. So if anyone was out there after three wins against mediocre opposition going, Hey, it's all good at Collingwood and we'll play in the grand final, you know, we were grounded that that was delusional. And we actually seen the lack of depth now. And as you might've mentioned that, um, probably some of these games, the coaching staff should be looking at it and saying, some of these guys might not be taking this into the future.
1: Oh, no, definitely not. And I guess, you know, the other disappointing thing is, look, you know, we, we rolled quite a few dice um, last year and we went deep into the draft in the, in the second round section. It's just no one's really standing out.
0: Well, let's look at yeah. some of these players. So, and not suggesting we're going to write any of these guys off because it is No, early. definitely not, no. Uh, so, Bo McCreary, only three disposals. Which, you know, is not a great return. And, and throughout the, since his return from injury, I think the, actually that one gamer is really inaccurate, but he is habitually a low disposal earner, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think, you know, like, especially with him, he was one that I really thought
1: might have, he just had that really bullocking attacking style that I thought, you know, it's, there's something, something's there. Uh he's another
0: one where I think if we had a better forward set up, he'd get well, profit you know, from
1: it. But I think the get out of jail um, for every player we're about to talk about is going to be that. The support around them is just non-existent.
0: Finlay and McCray, you wonder also
1: too whether, and, and you know, we'll cover this a little bit more too, but how much this is impacting the development as well. Well, that was like thinking everyone's that, sort of stuck in a holding pattern.
0: Uh, Finlay McCray. I mean, this is one guy that's concerning me because I have not, like each of the players, even career, you know, is a low possession getter. I've seen something at AFL level and McCray just doesn't seem to have that much presence. Now he might develop it. He puts on size endurance and all that, but he was actually, let me just backstep to I, it's ludicrous. that They played him as the medical sub. I thought that was a bizarre yeah. decision. Either he sits out the whole game and what do you do? You send him back to the VFL or does he miss the VFL? I don't, I don't know what the, it's like if you're going to bring someone up from the VFL, surely you just bring them straight into the into the side. Otherwise, what's the point of bringing them up just to sit on the fucking bench potentially for the whole game? Unless McRae is like, ah, well, I mean, the coach McRae He's like, ah, well, we'll get an injury, we're Collingwood. <laughs> well, it is a Monty. Yeah, but the, I, I just haven't seen anything. You know, like I heard like a lot of raps of, uh, about him that lower levels I was thinking okay this is what we need but I just haven't seen any glimpses of that Uh, no I think I I might have been talking to you
1: about it over the messenger on on Friday but um, yeah he has these standout breakout whatever type performances at VFL level and how many games has he played now it's I mean it's not heaps it's
0: not so I'll be about 10
1: or something yeah, but none of them. Can you can you remember anything? One highlight? No, well, comparatively, he comes, in, he comes into the the senior stuff and just vanishes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's what I think. I mean, he got four disposals. Comparative comparatively, you look at someone like Caleb Polter. He wasn't brilliant, but you know, when I've seen him, it's like, oh, he's got something. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Gavin Krasiska. Uh, You know, so that's what you're going to see. You want to see glimpses of something. Now, again, you know, Phil McCrane might put on size and endurance and all that, and then just explode. But no, literally I really would be concerned because these are the guys you traded out, um, Stevenson Stevenson, Phillips, pretty much for. And you need, oh, I reckon over half of them to at least become solid contributors. You need a couple of them to become elite. And none of them are looking like, you know, a lot of them are looking like they're not even going to become solid contributors. I mean, it might change again, but you know, looking at what we see, it's like, geez, you know, it's not like when you go back, you know, and you saw like glimpses of potential in some, you know, some like Heritia Lumumba or Alan Toovey, you know, early in their careers. Uh, Callum Brown. <laughs> what
1: What would you like to know? Is his time done? Um, oh, fuck. I mean, I, seriously, it, no, yes, definitely, I think. Just too short, no weapons. Um, it's become absurdly rinse repeat, the performances. You know, it's it's got a I just can't see a future there. Yeah, you know, he's played you know, more than enough games to to say something and I'm not saying it. It's just
0: no good. Well, he's actually an interesting one because I think early in his career he showed something and he's just really deteriorated. And I think that's a result of 2021 and 2020 when they persevered with him when he was obviously horribly out of form. I mean, the guy's now 24. You know, he's played 68 games. His first few years he showed a lot more than he's shown in the next three years. So what what's happened there? And you look at something like, There's a couple of games I remember in 2019 when we played Sydney over there at the SCG and it was close and one of the later ball-ups, he won the clearance and instead of panicking, you know, he streamed out of the centre and he had the composure to drill a goal and pretty much seal the game and he was doing that back then. But he's just become nervous and indecisive and scrappy. It's really... Uh, I I don't know if it's just that he's been ultimately found out at this level, but I I really think that he was out of form and the previous brain structures persevered with him like they expected him to find it. And they've just introduced all these bad habits into his game. Not that I think he's going to be a world better or anything, but I think he's better than what he's been showing.
1: Mm. Yeah. Good luck with that theory. Isla Brown. Look, I actually thought he was probably one of the more um, uh, players that tried. Um, you look at him and you're thinking, you know, he's building a, a good size. He could be a good bulking mid. Um, he did a couple of nice things. He did a couple of fuck-ups, which is what you're going to get. I probably thought he was one of the, and that's, I'm using the term loosely, one of the better players on the night in a, in a, in a nothing performance. Um, I still think it's
0: it's he's someone you've got to persist with. Well, he's um, only on twenty-two games, and he's obviously mm. had a very interrupted development uh, pathway. Um, your favourite will Hoskin Elliott? No, nah, put a line through him.
1: I, I, I just this is like borderline farce. And look, I, I surely the only reason he's getting the game is because there's just nothing else in that sort of age bracket to to slot in with. But it's just the. It's not even cameo performances. It's just really, truly watching. A, it's, it's a HG Wells novel in, in, in the fact that it's the invisible man out there. You know, he'll bob up every now and then once he realizes the invisibly cloak's been pulled off, um, he'll just happily pop it on and then just vanish again. He doesn't impact on anything. He'll, he'll kick the odd goal, but that's about it. It's just, this isn't the way forward with that type of play. You can't keep giving him games. It's just ridiculous.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's disappointing because he's got a lot of tools. He just oh, doesn't seem to actually... And he's one that I wanted to be epically good. It's just just a nothing player. Oh, well, he's played 165 games. And, you know, the bulk of those are at Collingwood. So he was an early draft pick. He was a big four from memory. Yep. So... He ticked all the boxes for what for what we did at the time. But no, I've seen enough. Move on.
1: Ollie Henry... Fucking hell. What is going on in that head? Yeah, you know, he it was literally a tile of two cities. Like I, I really liked the way that he was pulling down contested grabs and, and finding and leading into space and and stuff. But as soon as he had to drop that ball onto the foot, fucking hell. It was pinball machine city. He was I, all over the shop. Like I, his like, confidence. I don't, I don't know what why would
0: his confidence be that shot? Well, I was gonna kick He kicked the bag in the VFL
1: yeah. about two weeks ago. I would be it's not really like he's worried been
0: emotionally scarred by anything, it's just absolutely baffling. Well, he is a Colin Goods, so that is a bit of an emotional scarring. Uh, I would actually be worried. So, he found the ball okay, he didn't execute that well. The way he shanked it several times, not just once, and then there was one time he tried to lay off to the gully, and oh, that was moronic. And it wasn't just moronic. It was so poorly executed. Like the ball barely got a couple of feet off the ground and dropped short and winded the goalie. And then that was pretty much a turning point too. That was like, it was competitive. And I think dogs had got a couple of goals. we got a couple of points. And then um, Henry took that mark. And it was like, okay, just put this through. And it's, you know, it's a one goal game. And instead he did this, that really bad pass to the goalie. And then the Bulldogs went down the other end and they scored. And that was the beginning of their run. And like I've always believed you fail catastrophically it's almost like just a momentum turner and people start dropping their heads and going fuck it's not our night or it's not our game and all that sort of shit don't put away on him but i'm gonna do it he is seriously playing like someone's gotten in his ear and said don't do this do that and he's like i'm not playing my natural game i'm playing something else and i don't know how to reconcile everything yeah Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my worry was, you know, again, you go back to the Callum Brown. It's it, it just obviously players, they've played like, I don't know, 10, 12 years by the time they get to this point, because they're always playing club football and shit. They've played competitive sports. They know their game. It's up to the coaches to develop their weapons and round out what else they have. But he, that was a really concerning game for me because for that, for him to be that disastrously disastrously bad in front of goal. And there was that, that pass to the goalie too. That's one where I like, mate, go back and just fucking kick it. I don't even give a shit if you miss it. This is your time to shine. And load he laid it off.
1: For it though. He, he flagged that he wanted it. I mean, fuck, he was only, what, 30 metres out? You should but, just fucking...
0: But this is the thing that, that Henry, I know the is a senior player, you know, but Henry should just be going, no, I'm, I'm having the shot.
1: You know? Yeah, back yourself. Yeah. It, it's that self-belief that's more, more of a powerful mental tool than anything.
0: Yeah, so I, I really, really am with your concern. i would be curious how it comes out next week um, because that was the sort of game where you think, are you going to become the next Hoskin Elliott? Uh, <laughs> so I think that's the majority of players. that I mean, the goalie is the other one. He, Matthew Lloyd gave him a pasting on the Sunday footy show about he's not that great a player. He's just solid. I mean, a month ago before the um Got the gastro, or whatever it was. His numbers are comparing with Petraka, but now suddenly he's just an average player. <laughs> <laughs> You're only as good as your last five minutes, though. And uh, he hasn't he hasn't looked the same since that that gastro. I'm not making excuses. I Man, who, who knows how much it's mocked him about. Um, no. And he's the sort of player I just don't think
1: he's he's ever going to be like the the, the beacon of hope. I think in a, in a good side he'd perform superbly. He just doesn't. He's just not that sort of player that's just going to grab the game by the scuff and, and, and win it off his boot. He'll, he'll have those flashy cameo moments, but he
0: needs to be part of a bigger machine. I think. Well, well, the other thing you might look at is if he's not going to be the mid that you want, then he definitely can be the forge you want because he's shown that. So
1: he could also be your most likely trade to, if you want to bring in a couple of first rounders. I think yeah, we got two options with him. I think at the end of the year, obviously, because he's a restricted free agent, so he'll get he'll get offers. There's no doubt about that. I think Saints have already come out and said, "Well, there's the rumor that they're throwing money at him," but I think the problem for us is about how if if that's the case and he opts to go, how do you strategically play this out? Because if he if he walks as a restricted free agent, we get compensation, but I believe then that that gets like if we went out and. Got mcstay for argument's sake um we uh, then deemed to have gotten something of quality in return um because he's a restricted free agent as well that um, it negates then that need to compensate with picks it would be far better if we traded him at the end of the year and, and and got a couple of first rounders but i think you know there's there's a little bit of me that's sort of starting to think that maybe that's something the club is considering
0: but the thing here yeah. is you, okay you get mcstay he's 26 also so, well,
1: and the thing is, I don't see any sense in chasing someone like that. If you're going to offload the Gawi with that mental, uh, the mental, with that mentality, because like I don't, I think it's going to be fucking pretty clear now that the actual real rebuild doesn't start till next year. What are you going to get out of loading up on a 26 year old forward at the moment? You're you better off going to the draft and or getting younger players and then building that age profile
0: um, into a developing rebuild. Well, unless they did something like that in 2000, 2001, when they got um, Clement Holland, Steinfurt, Malloy, uh, I think I'm missing on Wakeland, you know, and they pumped in, in all these relatively experienced players. And that just, you know, that addressed our bad list management up to that point, which really lacked that core to the list. And we've got the same problem here and particularly because we traded out players and others didn't work out like Scharenberg and all that. And it's like, you got that again, that top end of, you know, 28, 29, you have Adams and Grundy and, and then you got the real old guys in, in their thirties with Pendles and Howe and um, Rufford, And then you just got this Chasm to the young guys. And it's like, you're really missing out these 24 year olds, like these yeah. solid contributors to good contributors. Uh so, I mean, the one guy, I mean, our best player on the night was probably Adam Treloar. Um, he, I think, showed some people he does know how to use the ball if he's given the opportunity. He played a really damaging game, and he's the sort of guy that we're actually missing, you know, the Stevenson. That's That shows that bad list management because they've just bit that chunk out of the list. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't.
1: I and mean, look, I think Trello had an exceptionally good game, but I think you and I probably could have had an exceptionally good game against that level of opposition. Um, yeah. Look,
0: to be fair, I don't take I would have had a good game if I was playing for Colin because. You know. <laughs> uh, and just finally, Aiden Beg.
1: I mean, I, what I liked about his first game was. Like he, even though he lost all the, the ruck contests, he was bringing the ball sort of down to himself to at least offer a contest. He did dish out a couple of handballs and stuff. He's just vanished since then. I mean, but that's understandable. He's a third game, and I think he was exceptionally raw and lucky to get in. I don't think we'll see him again um, this week, um, probably the week after when we have 12 decimated injuries on uh, against Frio this week. Um, and they'll play him through need, but, um, I think the, that little experiment is over. He's better off going back to the, to the VFL, getting some touch there and start learning how to apply the trade. I mean, the, the sad thing is who was, who was the, um, Footscray Ruckman? I don't know. So, um, and, and and again, Beg. he made Cameron and Beg look like, yeah, you know, first game is and. It's, the, the fact we get smashed in the fucking clearances and we're not getting any first use of the ball out of the ruck. It's, it's, I just don't think moving forward, you can, you can go with the, the Cameron beg thing. I think it's, and I think they'll um realize it this week that it's just, you are just going to have to go
0: with Cox until well, Grundy gets back. Yeah. Well, I think the thing also to look at is, is, this has been happening all year. This is, this is happening when Grundy was there. This in a, Clearance setup, whatever you want to call their, their midfield setup, it's it's terrible. It's just so many times, and it's not just this game. You go back to that long game where they kicked, you know, where we were six goals up and they turned it around. How many times one of their mids got the ball in totally open space and was either able to stream forward or pass it to a teammate, and they were able to stream forward? It's just absurd. And similarly, similarly with the defensive zones where we see how often it's going into defence and how much space there is there. This formation, of, I don't know what they're trying to fucking do, but it's not working because no. it's just giving um, opposition so much real estate to navigate. It actually reminds me of, uh, oh, I was a few years ago when Buckley was coach. I just remember games where, were like you know, teams were able to chip it around. We had no one within about five meters of you know intercepting or even applying pressure. It was just so easy. It, it's back again, and I'm really curious. Is this, again, something that's failing to gel or is this just a really fucking bad idea, whatever they're doing?
1: Part of it is, I think, the the problem is, is that they've been playing this way for so many years and flies come in and look, we've gone to a little bit more of an attacking game plan and stuff, but essentially all the cattle are still in their same positions. I think when you're not really shaking the structure of the side up that much, that it's easy to fall back into habit You know, I think that's that's I don't think
0: think it's habit. I I think this is their responsibility entirely. You can't blame Buckley for this, you can blame Buckley for their sideways and not moving it as quickly because they fall into that trap because they were playing that way for 10 years. The way they're setting up is terrible. And if there was one thing Buckley had, he had you know good defensive pressure ultimately. This is their this is whatever they're doing now. It's just a question of. Is it not working or is it something that's going to take time to develop the amount of times opposition rock not just this game but the whole year and that's where we've talked about the momentum swings when those momentum swings have happened we've barely touched the ball you know teams have kicked five six right. goals and we've barely touched the ball so it's like in a buckley side those they, those sort of swings wouldn't happen I'm not saying that was the right way to play because he just went ultra defensive but their setup, whatever it is, is not working, and they have to again. Is it a plan that's still going to gel? Is it a lack of personnel, or is it just a fucking setup that just doesn't work? You know, we saw that under f- for five, six years.
1: What, what are we six or seven games in? You've, you've really nine. got to, nine games, whatever. It's, um, it's, it's, you've still got to be fly flag- waving that early days flag, and you know it may not be gelling and may not be clicking and may not be executed particularly well, but it's, it's still very early in the pace. Oh, look, it is and, early, and, but I, and, I, I, and I don't want to do this it, conversation very managers. limited cattle as well.
0: You know, I don't want to be doing this like we did for, but with Buckley under for four years. It's like, well, this isn't working. And it was like, when's it going to work? And it was always, ah, oh, it's about the execution. And Buckley's even said it in commentary at times. It's, it's like, you know, sometimes it's about the failure to execute. So you know first-hand because you had a conversation with a Carlton player about one of their previous coaches that sometimes the game plan just doesn't work. It just doesn't... It doesn't... Too uh, complex. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever the reason. So I'm really concerned in the nine rounds, not just this game. This game was just at at the pinnacle of it. But in the nine rounds, there has been large chunks of evidence to show that our defensive zones or accountability is just so far off where it needs to be, um, and it's a query of like, well, what are we seeing here? And uh, hopefully, it's just something that's still evolving. But I am it's just worried. Times too, where look, um, they were made to look so
1: panicky. The amount of fucking times that you could not hit your own teammate with a handball was was embarrassing. It was just staggering to to watch. Just the simple lack of skill. You think, what do you what do you do at training? I mean, every time the social media department looks uh, puts up a, a video of training, they look like a well-oiled machine. But I guess that's what uh, when there's when there's no pressure around, it's easy to look like the globetrotters. But they wilted, and and some of the the you know the fact that you couldn't handball two meters and not hit someone or you're throwing at their feet and all that sort of stuff. It's just, you know, and I guess, yeah, how do you learn how to weather that type of pressure when it happens? I don't know. Stay calm
0: and and just sort of do what you, what you drilled to do. I not on the name who they are, but looking through that team that they feel that I can there's 11 players who are not ready for their AFL. Um, Now you can carry maybe three or four if you've got a much better senior framework, this is, I think, showing the vulnerable underbelly of Collingwood. And if they get a couple more injuries, they're going to be spiralling down to the bottom spectacularly. Um, yeah, look, I,
1: and again, look, it's easy to make excuses. And we've had no VFL competition for two years. Y- you really haven't been, some of these kids haven't had the opportunity to develop outside of getting senior game time. Because, you know, look at, um, I couldn't screw working out why Poulter couldn't get a game. And I thought he was probably pretty good um, the other night without, you know, setting the world on fire, but he's, he just gets to the ball and he, he's, he's pretty calm. He's just, I, I really like him as a player. And I think well, why were others getting a game ahead of you? That's the guy, the guy that you want to develop. And maybe some of that was, you know, you know, you can't take everything for granted. You've got to earn your your spot. There must've been something that was, um, that he was doing that wasn't you know, making him happy and they wanted him to develop something inside of the VFL. But, you know, again, you look at him and think, I just don't want to see you go back. I think your best place is, is to learn inside of that senior framework.
0: Oh, look, I agree. I, I I wouldn't have played the two Browns for 11 rounds. I would have just said, look, these guys haven't been that great for a couple of years, but just let them get their footing at VFL level. And guys like Poulter, um, Trey Risco, if he's fit, you know, I would have said, these are the guys I'm going to bring in because they were actually showing at AFL level that they got something. And even someone like um, Finlay McRae, I would have even said with him, let's just play him for a month. Just tell him, if you got a month to earn your spot, go for it.
1: And I was and- going to say this before too, and that's the thing I don't get, is like he's played 10 games, Finlay. And I don't want to use him as a specific example, but this is like generally that period of player in general is that your opportunities are fairly fucking limited. You know, you've got to grasp them when they're given to you. I just don't understand why they don't play out of their skins. I think wow. if it was me, I'd be thinking, I don't want to go down again. I want to stay here. I'm going to bust an absolute nut. But you don't tend to see a lot of that that application. I mean, a lot of it's obviously you're trying to play a role that you're allocated or you're working with a team structure. But, you know, sometimes just, it's just fuck it. Do what you're good at and unleash. Get noticed. Oh, look,
0: I, I, I've, I think part of the problem though here is it, it's, they're setting up in the way that if you're a mid, you're just getting slaughtered. Um, well, you know, know, exactly. It's hard enough as it is, you know, you, you look at the guys like Taylor Adams and the guy who are the senior in and then they're struggling. And you think, well, what if you're a, you know, one of these lower players and that setup, just from what I'm seeing is totally fucked up. Um, again, it's just a question of, is it going to evolve or is it just they have a flawed ideology about what's happening? I mean, do you still, I mean, I, I, was told, cause I don't go read it, but I was told that, um, Bigfoot is turning on McCray. So do you still have confidence in his vision going forward? Oh, I, I have to, um, I,
1: I like what I hear and I like, um, some That's... of these philosophies and, and the pedigree should be there it's, it's a very difficult side to work with. You are really, and I said, look, you know, I said before, I think the rebuild officially starts next year. What I, what I, you know, when you look back to when, when Malthouse started in, in um, 2000, half the list was cut and pretty much the other half was cut a year later I just don't think you can afford to do that these days because of, you know, the, the pandemic and, and, and everything and the lack of seasoned talent out there is, is diminished. I, I think, you know, a lot of cards were probably marked at the start of the year. You're going to be given a year to, to prove yourself, but I think there'll be a fair old um, scythe swing um, at the end of the year. Uh, and then as I said, the rebuild will start in earnest. And I think then you can judge,
0: Fly a little bit harsher, or or hopefully quite well. Because look, the, the one you know. thing I'll say though is I know the popular belief is Malthouse inherited a basket case because he cut like you know 25 30 players in the first two years and all that. But he actually inherited a really good core. Because if you look at that side, if but, you look at the and, that, you, and that's a good point, if you look at the spine, you had Tarrant Rocker, yep. um Carno, you had Shawbel here who they traded and one of the best and fairest in Sydney, I believe. Um, you had Mark Richardson there. You had Mal Michael there, who was then going, going to Brisbane, you know, playing their free peak. And then in the midfield, you had Buckley, Burns, Lucuria. You, you were going to get O'Brien And you also had picks one and three. So you had a really good court. Uh, McRae doesn't have that. McRae, you know, after more, who's your next key position player? Yeah, there isn't, there isn't one. Yeah, who's going to be not at the moment either. Yeah. Who's your next prospect? I mean, you know, you're talking about guys like Ash Johnson, who was a, you know, mid-season draft and has torn the hamstring from the bone. You're looking at Aidan Begg, you're seeing how far off he is. You know, we were saying that last week, he's just too raw at the moment. Um, that Liam McMahon hasn't had a look in. So, Will well, Kelly. I mean, just uh, Dean, they were hanging their hat on and um, he's
1: a, how old was he? 23 year old VFL player. It's, you know, hopefully he ends up being an absolute gun, but, you know, you're really casting the net wide.
0: Yeah, so house when you hear it, these players, Tarrant, Rocker, Prestige, Karno, they'd all played for a a while. Mal Michael was, you know, he'd had 20, 30, I can't remember what it would be exactly, but, you know, he had a couple of seasons under him. Um, These guys that McRae has, Kelly's played like two games, hasn't he? You know, Liam McMahon's played zero, Ash Johnson's played zero, Begg's only played three now. Who you keep position uh, you know, Darcy Moore. And then you have guys like Majacek and Howe who have to play taller than they are. So the, the list is really, and you've made this point, there's so many holes in that list. And then you get, go to the midfield, it's like, well, you know, who are your premier midfielders? You know, potentially the Goey, maybe. Adams tries, but he's flawed. You know, Pemblebury's 34. Sidebottom is really struggling now. Yep. Just out of curiosity with side bottom, we talked about this during the game. What is it with side bottom that the commentators will ignore him kicking directly to on the pain or kicking him on the full, and then the moment he hit someone on the chest, it's just about how beautifully skilled he is? Oh, it's, it's staggering. I don't, I don't really don't see the same player that they
1: see. It's, it's, it's fantasy stuff. He's, he's not that good, and yet he's talked up like an A-grade mid. It's staggering.
0: Oh, it's insane it's i and i've said it all the time so i think he's a much better forward than he is a mid but you know oh think- yeah definitely but he'll never get up there um no the
1: planet are just insane but i think that's just commentary i think you're better off served when you're watching channel seven just to turn the volume down you know you just don't get a balance it's all showmanship it's just nonsense everything's over the top wonderful there's no analysts, um, analysis of the, of, of the game. You know, you, like even um, uh, um, Hodge, he's not really giving you anything of, of of merit. And Daisy Pierce, I think, gives you the most... Um, I was just going to say, she's
0: the best of those observations I mean, but on it. But, I know, had fucking it, James Bradshaw telling me until about this, this half time. He said it about nine times. But Colin was playing new new style under McRae. It's like, okay, we're in round nine. Do we still need to be told this, you fucking idiot?
1: Oh, like, so, Yeah, we 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 flip flopped around that um, uh, twenty eight point margin. And how many times did he fucking try and make out that it was game on? Oh, now, this yeah. is a side that's fucking struggled to to sling two goals together consecutively. Was suddenly magically going to fucking concoct five or six to to hit the lead? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know it's just madness I mean the, the commentary is really bad Daisy Pierce is good. Um, you know there's a few others like I, I like people like Nick Rewalt and Brad Johnson I think they're better on um, wherever the fox fox or wherever the hell they are A lot of uh, Anthony Hudson I saw him in another or listened to him during another game he was just oh, he was terrible and most of them are most of them are just sort of there because that's just the default uh, final thoughts on this game. <laughs> uh, just put a line through it and move on. I'll well, we'll try, but um, so we're playing Fremantle Sunday at 5.20 our time, I think. Um, which will be what 2.20 20 their time, oh,
1: 220, over there, yeah. 2
0: 20 1986
1: their time. Well, they'll be nice and relaxed next week after their big win, um, today.
0: Yes, yes. So uh, that was the first thing I thought when I saw the scores, like a like Gold Coast smashed them. Jeez, well they won or the and they had some, um, they had some players out with, with, was it COVID protocols or some shit? I don't know, but yeah, so they're going to come back hard, and they've been well drilled. I honestly can't see us getting within ten goals. No.
1: Five's back as well this week, isn't he? Oh,
0: probably, probably Pavlich is back too. Um, <laughs> who would you bring in? So Penelope's on this week. Uh, Pillarbury presumably will come back and Gideon will come back. Uh, I, I've been saying it forever. Cox needs to ruck. This guy can ruck. He's been dominating in the reserve since he, you know, was given that job. We know as a forward, he's problematic. We, we've always said here on the rant that he's prob- going to be problematic as a forward because, you know, he plays that position like a ruckman does. Um, I've seen criticism of him say, ah, if we play him as a ruck, he'll get free possessions and... 10, you know, he'll drop 10 marks and all that. It's like, I don't give a fuck if he can get his hand to a tap and get 10 of them to a teammate. That's all I want. And and the 10 that he doesn't get to his teammate. This is the one thing I'll give credit uh, to to Grundy for. The one thing I've realized in the last few weeks is like, okay, at least Grundy negates the opposition ruck to some extent. Mm -hmm. Whereas, since he's been injured, the opposition ruck has just seemed to have like a clear run at the ball and just been able to tap it with very little I don't know. We call it defensive pressure from our ruckman. Yeah. So play Cox, and if all he does is get fifty taps and gets ten of them to our to his teammates, fuck. I don't care if he drops a few marks. Yeah, I think yeah, you've got to go with Cameron and Cox this week, definitely.
1: Who's um, Sandalin still rucking for Frio? He's he's still good
0: for a few more games, isn't he? Oh, he'll be back. Yeah, and that actually, um, I think Cameron's actually slowly improved when he's been given the mantle. But I really you know, he, he looks to me more like a forward than the ruck, whereas Cox has always looked like a ruck to me rather than the forward. Um, so I really hope they're playing, but I can't see us getting within 10 goals. We're just really, I think the uh, the confidence is shot too now. It's like that they won those first three games and they thought, well, how good are we traveling? And they lost, the, they lost the Geelong. Going. And after they lost the Geelong, it was like, oh, we're vulnerable. But then they've had some losses since that, which is just showing a, we're not quite as good as we think we are. No. No. It's all about the picks, though, mate.
1: That's 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 you gotta console yourself with that.
0: Well, that's a bit clear. I mean, we'll talk about it at some other point, but it's just like okay, you go to draft and you get pick four. Okay, what's that going to address? One position, you got twelve, but have problems. No, and, and that's the concerning thing, which is you know,
1: again, why it makes me think that maybe Degs' value could mean, you know, if you played it right, you could end up with three first rounders. You're at least two in a a good second rounder.
0: But they need to be honest about when they think their turnaround is. You know, if they still think they're two years away and that guys like Pendles and Howe and Ruffhead and all that are going to be in that, it's like, okay, well, go get your free agents like Mustay and and all those sort of players. But it really shows that, you know, this team... They're they're fucking deluded if they go the quick fix route. But it's very much it very it reminds me very much of the Tommy Hafey teams of the 70s and 80s where it's just pieced together from all these parts and it's it's good and it's competitive and it fights with that kind of spirit, but it's never actually good enough to win a flag. It, 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 how many times you need to fail at this to, to realise
1: that's a mistake? Go down for two or three years and build something magical and,
0: and dominate for six or seven years. Oh well, you've to dominate, you know, for even longer than that. But I i really am worried that, that the profile of the list in terms of age and all that, it's just, it's in this really messy place where you almost have to just say, look, there's going to be three years of shit because we need to get draft picks in and these old guys are going to go and there's no one coming up. And after Pendlebury goes, after Pendlebury and Ruffitt and Howe go, because they're all, you know, post 30, who are you bringing up to replace them? On that, and that's the, that's the alarming thing. There's just nobody coming through. You know and it's like I always draw that comparison with, with um the 206 to 2010 squads where you know you had guys like Wakeland, Presty, Bucks, um, Burns, you know, Liquire retiring, but then you had Pendles, Daisy, uh, Reed Brown, yeah, Travis Cloak there. You had these guys coming up and, and playing regularly, so and then you had guys like Swan and that sort of and Heath sure it was. You had guys who were playing and getting games and experience, and they were quality players. I mean, 2010 midfield is faster period to 202 midfield. And, you know, that was the transition between those two squads. So they actually mm-hmm. built something much stronger, but they had the collateral to do it. They don't have that now. So that's the really concerning thing. Um, so, you know, even if they hit free agencies, like, how many free agents can you hit? that are going to improve that side. The only thing you can really do is if you go out and hit up all these mid-tier players, but again, where's that going to take you? Mm. You're really hoping that you're just going to land a whole bunch of media checks. Well, that's what they're really hoping. I mean, that's the, that's what seems their strategy when they picked up, you know, McRae and Henry and all those guys. It's like a couple of these guys will be elite. If they won't just be good. They'll be elite. But, and I understand and appreciate that, you know, because of COVID, the lower tier competitions weren't giving you an accurate reflection of talent. So some of those guys might've actually slipped, slipped through, but you know, generally in the draft, the top five is where the, the quality players are. And then sometimes, you know, better players, you can pick them up later, but we expect them to pick up like pretty much a whole sculpt with lower picks, which is just madness. Final <sighs> thoughts? Um, on the free, game. Oh, on anything.
1: I don't care. <laughs> Um, well yeah I think if we got away with a, a 10 goal loss this week it'd be it'd be a good get out I'd like to see a few players just start to have a really good look about themselves and look at themselves rather and, and say I want to be here and and really show that 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 commitment and effort to to do it you know you may still get smashed but you want to see him try you know you want to see some evolution of, of a system you know like the that you know, chaos one at the start of the year it was beautiful to watch when it was on song, but it's just, it's all but vanished in the last couple of weeks. You know, like we, we had a, a period in, against um, the dogs where we, where we came back and you sort of thought, oh, you know, they've got the momentum here, but the thing is you shouldn't be making up that much of a deficit in the first instance, No, getting blown away in the first quarter just doesn't help. You know, and I think, you know, I, look, if we go in and arm wrestle in the first quarter against Frio, we probably come out of it. Reasonably okay. Well, we won't have a smashing, but you know we just can't go out there and get blown off the park, and then play catch up every week. It's it's it's
0: mentally taxing and then physically taxing. It's it's not going to help us moving forward. Well, what the dogs did to us in that first quarter is what Geelong did to us in the last quarter, and which mm-hmm. other teams have done to us in fits and Spurs. You know, St Kilda did it, and the were five goals up, and they came back to within. You know, I think they actually got the lead. So it's actually happened with other sides, but. And the other thing too is you look at someone like, and I brought this up the other week um, in our new segment. How the fuck did we lose to West Coast? Because <laughs> uh, I think I believe they lost again, just by seventy four points. Did they? Oh, it was a close one then. Yeah, close one. And I also brought up the fact that Essendon are, you know, are, are terrible. I mean, they got smashed by the Swans, and we struggled to win that. I don't know they've been awful, but geez, we know we're Hawthorne, Hoffman. Hawthorne's expected to be bottom five also. So, it just doesn't seem that we have the capacity to impress upon any contest, any consistency because mm. it's just always seems an arm wrestle and it always, it's very much like under what happened with Buckley too. It's very much like, oh, we're five goals up and I don't feel safe. I don't feel no. this team can close it out. No. Um, so that's for me a really big concern and, you know, some of that system some of that's personnel but i don't know if we're going to be able to arrest that with the ingredients that we have at the moment no i wouldn't think so anyway that's it from us hopefully we'll be back on screen next week yeah well,
1: I, I can't see any reason why not unless you cop it no oh, well you did sneeze before well, so. I'm, technically i'm immune then so i can pretty much walk around with godlike powers i think that's not how yeah. it works
0: yeah, but <laughs> I, I really, um, you know, well done to you, Spooked. You did the right thing. You isolated, and we had to record this as a podcast. Well done. Are you passed that beer. Oh, sorry, um, what, right. <laughs> sorry, you didn't hear that, Dan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: All right, let's all. All right, catch.